Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Coming up on today's show, it's our annual What's Good Game Awards for 2022. And someone special is in the studio. And welcome to another episode of the What's Good Games podcast, your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff every Friday, except this week is a special week because we are getting ready to celebrate Christmas, and that means our annual What's Good Game Awards hey. 2022. Oh, that was good. Oh, I love that. I mean, I feel festive. You got this gorgeous tree in here. Thank you. That is Brittany Brombacher, ladies and gentlemen. The tree. Yes, the tree is me. Hello. She is yes. the tree. I am the tree. <laughs> so I decorated this tree with all pink, purple, and silver oh. ornaments. It's working. So in the What's Good Games color scheme, and I even put some purple lights on it. It even has its own light. Yeah. Oh, it has its own key light. It's yeah. Own key light. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. It does, indeed. Mm-hmm. If you aren't seeing it, it's probably because you're listening on podcasts and not watching at youtube.com slash what's good games. But hopefully you can come over and say hello. Maybe drop a subscription or a comment, a like, maybe, you know, like, whatever yeah. those. Wish us happy holidays. Are. Exactly. Speaking of happy holidays, happy holidays, Mrs. Rihanna Manuel Pena. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Oh, happy holidays. You look fabulous, as always. Thank you. I I went with chartreuse. I didn't want to go, like, full green today. You know, red and green for the holidays. That is, yeah, I guess that is a chartreuse. I was thinking it was more of, like, a mustard. It's somewhere in between, I think. I've never heard of chartreuse before. It's like this. It's like like a yellowy green. green. (laughs) It's it's not quite throw up green. It's... Yeah, like, I mean, it, it baby, could have, I guess, a, a yeah. little vomity air to it. Vomity air. <laughs> vomity. I feel like chartreuse is more green, though. Yes. More yeah. green than yellow, but yeah. not all green. Yeah. Well, it works. You look good in vomit. Thank you. <laughs> okay, well, that's not where I thought you were going with that. I am Andrea <laughs> Renee. Welcome to the show. We are recording this at the end of a long record day after we went to the Game Awards last night. So it's going to get a little (laughs) saucy in here. And we hope that y'all are here for it because it's a holiday week here in the United States and around the world in most places. And the ladies here are swirling some Chardonnay. And would you believe it? Brittany Brombacher is drinking wine. Willingly, as I want alcohol, but I can't do whiskey right now because I had way too much. Yeah. And and it wasn't even that much. I was talking to you. I feel like I'm just a lightweight now. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's because like I didn't eat. I ate a little with you at dinner. Yes. Mm-hmm. But you had a carrot and some rice. I did have a little you carrot. Had some chicken. And, a piece, and of chicken, a piece of chicken. And some of that other shit in the rice. So the edamame. Whatever it was. It I wasn't mean, enough. It wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. So Never whiskey enough. makes me like kind of want to pucker. <laughs> but wine sounds refreshing and fruity. And it's like one of those weird hangover like cravings, mm-hmm. I think. Delicious. It's not terrible. That's what I'll say. It's good. I don't even know what it is. It's a nice light buzz. It's mm-hmm. grape juice, essentially. It's old grape juice. <laughs> Aged. It's not old. Wow. It's expired grape It's not expired. <laughs> it's handcrafted and lovingly tended. 
That's what I'm going to call wine from now on. Yes, I'm like an expired grape juice. How please. dare you? I'll have it's the, delicious. The I'm shard. Upset the now. shard. Okay, but like moldy cheese is also expired, but people still eat that. It's not Can expired. I? Blue cheese? <laughs> moldy cheese and expired grape juice. <laughs> well, cheers Delicacies. to that, everybody. Happy holidays to yeah. moldy cheese and expired grape juice. Hell yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah, cheers. Cheers. Well, we are excited because we have our categories. We've retooled them just a little bit this year. We got rid of some that we felt didn't quite flow with where we're at now. And we added a couple that we were excited about. You know what the trick is? Sorry. Just don't <laughs> taste it that much. The wine, I'm you sorry, mean? What? Right. Sorry, the wine. Yeah, yeah. Because I just took a. I just Back took, to the wine, everybody. I just took a big gulp of it, and whoa, mm-hmm. boy! Mm-hmm. But you can't do that. I try mm-hmm. to feel it in my mouth, and it, but you can't oh, do no. that. Small sips. Small sips. Okay. Sorry, okay. we're back. Yeah, new categories. We've taken some away, <laughs> added some new ones, and a category that you have wanted to add for quite a moment here, mm. like yes. the water cooler most viral category, which is yes. something I think the Game Awards needs. I yes, agree. Absolutely. 100%. I've been saying this whenever we give feedback. To Jeff Keighley and his team, I keep stumping for trending game of the year. Yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that's a good category. 100%. Because I think there are games that kind of take our community by storm, but don't necessarily fit into other categories. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they do, because obviously, you know, there was some big ones, which we'll maybe talk about later. But other times there's not. Like, for example, when Among Us was the game that everybody was playing. You know, yeah, yeah. the game wasn't new no. and they didn't particularly do anything innovative or different the year that it became popular. Just it just was it there. and It was fun. Up. Exactly. But I want to say thank you to this month's Patreon producers. Chewy's Godson, Alex Rogopoulos, Ferris Satia, Justin Foshi, and Punctified, who we saw at the Game Awards. Yes, we did. Shout he out to Peter. Out. He was in the same row as us and he leaned out and he was like, hi. We're like, hi. I know. Really we tried cute. to find each other later and there was just chaos. There were so many people <sighs> oh, after God, the show was, was done. Yeah. But it was great to see you, Peter. And thank you to everybody who has left us a five-star review We can't tell you how important those are to us and how much it means that you give us a few minutes of your time to write about why you love the show and why it's important to you. And if you have yet to do it, there's no time like the present to say, this week is the week. I'm going to open up that app and leave a review for What's Good Games. So thank you to everybody who has done so. We recently charted, I got to say, in the United States, top eight. And that's because people are listening to our show. More people are listening to our show. Yay. So yeah, you leave us little reviews, our little algorithm rank goes up people find our shit we rank well we get to brag about it feel proud about it very proud very proud and more people get to find the show which is important and today's show is brought to you by HelloFresh, but we'll tell you more about that later let's get into the what's good game awards 2022 if this is your first year joining us for our award show it's very off the cuff it's very (laughs) colloquial our categories are irregular but fun And it allows us to kind of highlight some special moments throughout the year versus just special games or teams. There's plenty of other award shows that, you know, get into those details. But we like to kind of have fun with this episode and kind of remember some great moments that video games brought us. So let's start with the game of the most sleepless nights. Now, this (laughs) is an award that we omitted last year okay? because Brittany and I were not sleeping for... Another important reason, (laughs) and that was because we both had babies last year and there was no sleep to be had amongst the two of us, not even before the babies were born, because if you've never been pregnant, let me tell you, that last trimester, it's a bitch. Oh, it's worse. (laughs) The worst. (laughs) I mean, being pregnant in general is typically not physically comfortable at any stage, but the last trimester in, in particular is egregiously uncomfortable. So we haven't slept, what, since 2020? 
Ya, seems right. <laughs> we'll cry about that later. Yeah. But sometimes we stay up willingly because a video game has us so enraptured we just can't put it down. Oh yeah. Yeah, and I want to give a shout out to the patrons who participated. I went to patreon.com slash games and some of y'all answered our questions, so we're gonna be able to include your feedback. I'll start. I think, well, I got two, but I know I only need to pick one. I'm going to have to say Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Okay. That is a long-ass game. I think I wrapped up around a little over 100 hours, which is, you know, for some people, like, wow, that's chump. It's like, no, no, no. <laughs> In this day and age, with a baby, 100 hours is a lot. That's a lot. That is a lot. And what I loved about that game was the sprawling world that Monolith made. <clears throat> that's a tongue twister it's not it's fine <laughs> anyway yeah like I was always so excited to explore and like discover all the nooks and crannies and even if there wasn't like a lot to find it was just great to exist in that world the beautiful ambient music I mean they're the ones who did the breath of the wild sprawling landscape so you know what to expect it was really good so I would say Xenoblade Chronicles 3 Kept nice that's a good yeah. one that oh, was a good one that's such a good game I have two mm-hmm. the first one was Horizon Forbidden West I spent a lot of time exploring that world and really doing all the side quests and meeting all the characters, unlocking every part of that map, trying to unlock all of the different machines. The and fog of war. Everything. Like, <laughs> I, I loved that game, and I think it was a really impactful game for me this year for a variety of reasons, which I've talked about at length on the podcast before, but I stayed up so late playing that game routinely until 2 or 3 a.m., and then having to get up at 6 or 7 a.m. with the baby and being like, I regret my decisions only slightly, (laughs) Um, and then I would do it the next night and be like, one of these nights I have to catch up on sleep, and and then, of course, I eventually finished the game, and so I was like, thank God. No, never caught up. Just still, <laughs> just still waiting for when I can sleep again. And as every other parent out there knows, it's not until they go to college, maybe. So that's my first one. Loved, loved, loved that game. The second one, y'all know what it is. Oh yeah, mining in Disney Dreamline Valley. I knew this game was gonna get oh, me. Oh, I know. Did. Whenever I hop on Xbox, I open up my uh, friends list just to see what people are playing. There's always this bitch over there. Dream, Dream Life Valley. I'm like, of course she's playing Dream Life Valley. <laughs> can't I'm happy it. for you though. It's your comfort game, and we all need one of those. Like nothing wrong with it. Yes, mm-hmm. it absolutely is. And I waited a couple of weeks after this entered early access to jump in because I knew that this was gonna be a problem for me. And turns out <laughs> it is. Just wait till it comes on Switch. I know it's going to be even worse for me. I mean, technically you can buy in early access on Switch right now, but the Switch build is not as good as the other ones. And I think it's a good moment for me to say I can only play if I'm sitting on my couch in front of my Xbox, though, because it is, you know, cross progression and cloud saves. I can play it on Xbox anywhere, which is great. But once they put it on Xbox cloud gaming, then I'm done for because it's not part of the cloud gaming yet. But if I can pick up the Xbox app on my phone and play Dreamlight Valley. Oh no. <laughs> it's gonna be dangerous. But I played that game a lot. I'm really looking forward to seeing how they continue to update that game. It's supposed to early access at some point in 2023 and go fully free to play. And y'all know I'm gonna keep you updated on what I'm doing. On those mining adventures. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> my most sleepless night game, it's surprisingly not Fortnite. And when we were looking at these categories and talking about moving them around, I at first was like, oh, of course, it's, you know, the game that I play most often. But it really isn't because Fortnite, at a certain time, 
I know I need to stop. Mm. Yes. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I know I need to stop. It's getting really sweaty. All of the people (laughs) on the other side of the world are starting to play and they're better than me. And so I'm going to take a pause. Well, (laughs) each game ends and Mm -hmm. then there's so many good stopping points in Fortnite. Exactly. Some games, though, they just keep hooking you. Well, one that absolutely hooked me. Can I take a guess? Is it Vampire Survivors? It isn't. Oh, okay, okay. It is Call of Duty. (laughs) I I love to hear it. I have been so hardcore back into Call of Duty and not just Warzone, like literally just straight up multiplayer. I've been playing it till two three in the morning because if you're just in that queue you got a solid group of people you don't want to split it up and you can't quit on a heater and you don't want to stop until you get another dub and it you literally just keep playing all night long it has been addictive in the best possible way Mm. i missed this call of duty a lot that's what you were saying yeah Yeah. i need to get in it's been great i love call of duty it's great i feel like i'm one of the industries like call of duty apologists which is a weird (laughs) thing to say because you don't need to be a call of duty apologist because the game is always good Mm -hmm. obviously some are better than others but they're on fire right now they really are and they got so many hoots and hollers at the game awards which was so nice to hear because i feel like the teams that make call of duty are so underappreciated and people continue to throw mud at them and I'm like they make good games they do it's okay if it's not for you but Mm -hmm. clearly that game is popular for a reason and it's not because it sucks right (laughs) (laughs) you know billions of players would say otherwise Mm -hmm. yes but no it definitely kept me up the most nights and I did not expect that to be the one on this list but it is nice we got some responses from Matthew Godare who said surprising for me this was Vampire Survivors I thought for sure that would have been yours it's up there and Curious DNA says game that kept me up would be Elden Ring that's yeah but honorable mention to both Resident Evil Village and Prey finally got the courage to try it out yeah Resident Evil Village but Elden Ring is the one that I guess would probably be my number two I did spend a couple late nights with Elden yeah. Ring, like yeah. being like, I just gotta do the dungeons, man. They get you. You're like, I gotta I go gotta back get and get my get, get my shit. Yes. I can't lose all this. No. And then at one point, I just gave up and never went. I never went back. I just resigned myself to being poor. Yeah, broke all the time. Yeah. Goodbye, yeah, so die. <laughs> Goodbye, money. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> See you never. Goodbye. <laughs> Our next category is best villain, and this is a fun one because. We talk about protagonists all the time, but sometimes we get some really good baddies in video games. And this year we had some uh, we had some good ones. But let's start with our patron nominees for best villain. Brandon Kagan says the best villain is Odin for being such a gaslighting piece of garbage. Of course, talking about God of War Ragnarok. What an amazing choice. And Matthew Gardera says Juliana Blake from mm, Deathloop, which good one. technically isn't from this year, but that's okay. We'll give you a pass. Um, <laughs> pick, is a very, very excellent villain. Ladies, do you have a favorite villain for 2022? Odin, hands down. Hands down. And I can keep the spoiler free. But just the way he's portrayed and the way he acts and the way that he gaslighting piece of garbage is a great way to do it. There were times when I was playing that game and I had to interact with him and I had a literal pit in my stomach because I had done something wrong and I had to go tell Odin about what I had done. (laughs) And I was legit like nervous to do it. I'm just such an empathetic person in general. And when I'm put in a position like that, I'm like, oh man, this is going to be so bad for someone. And what an evil character. And the 
incredible Richard Schiff voicing him. And it was funny because when John would watch me play, he just kept hearing Toby from West Wing, which I know a lot of people <laughs> have, have made comments about, but he's such a prolific actor. <laughs> But he did such a great job playing this character, as you said. I think calling out Odin is such an easy layup. Oh, like, yeah. And there's some moments which we won't talk about, which we did talk about in the spoiler cast, which if you've played, I highly recommend you listen to our God of War Ragnarok spoiler cast with uh, Lucy James, a really fun episode. But yeah. yeah, Odin. Oh, yeah. My goodness. I have a bit of a controversial pick. So I won't get into spoilers because it would ruin this game for some people. But for those who have not played the quarry... I'll say it's the Hackett's. I feel like that's generic enough. For people who have played the Cory, you know which one I'm talking about. <laughs> and it was really exciting because I didn't know who was the bad person. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And there were so many people who weren't good people, but I couldn't tell who was running the show, who's calling the shots until uh. the end. And it kept me guessing. It was a really fun experience. And I didn't play. I watched. And the game is designed to have both the cinematic experience or a gameplay experience, depending on what your preference is. It was a little scary, so I let somebody <laughs> else play it and watched him. But it, it was phenomenal. Really great acting, and I want to call out this this particular actor, but I won't reveal their name because it would be spoilery. But they nailed it. It was really, really good, and it kept me guessing. It was super engaging, and I really hated almost all of them, but... I didn't know who was the bad person, Ooh. so it was really. Ooh, fun. You're making me want to play. It's such a good game. Oh. <laughs> it's such a good game. That's the teen age angsty one, right? It is. Okay, so okay, okay, it, okay. it's uh, a callback to a lot of uh, horror flicks, yeah, yeah. and there's the different groups of people that you're following going through different scenes throughout the same evening, and you're making choices that impact who survives and who doesn't. And if you figure out who the bad person is, or if you miss it because everybody died too soon, you have a different story experience. <sighs> it's a really really cool game. So it's hard to say who it is. We won't. We're just going to move on because I feel like you're going to accidentally stumble into a spoiler. I feel like I did okay. <laughs> you did You did great. The bad people in the quarry. <laughs> the next award is Best Fictional World. This is always a really fun one. And I feel like this year is particularly difficult to pick a single winner in. I have five. <laughs> okay, well, you know, maybe Brianna and I will just like withhold ours and Brittany can just talk about her five <laughs> winners. <laughs> okay. Come on, narrow it down. I Go to top three. No, I can't. I'm just going to run down them. Okay. okay, first of all, I just want to say I so badly want to give this to Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Oh, no. But I can't. And that mm-hmm. bums me out. Actually, it is three, so I lied. Elden Ring, mm-hmm. Immortality, because I thought those hmm. films I wish existed in the real world. Okay, yeah, yeah. And the last one is a game called Signalis, which I haven't really talked about a lot on this, but it's very much like a 2D Resident Evil, but it has this whole like lore and setting kind of in the future. And there's all these little like robot helper people. Here's the thing, because I'm playing Signalis. I love it, but I'm kind of confused by the story, so I can't like actually recap it accurately. So don't at me. All I know is that if you like Resident <laughs> Evil, you need to play me. this game. Okay. It's really good. Elden Ring, I think, probably would be my top pick, though. If I had to pick just one, there's something about being dropped into that world and just go it's brutal but once you kind of get that sense of exploration and how to successfully navigate it you find some weird stuff in that game and that's what i love about it i absolutely am picking elden ring as well it's (laughs) this living dynamic world that feels so weird and wild and the team did such an incredible job with the artistic direction and level design 
to really obviously encourage exploration, which is like the whole basis for the gameplay of this experience that is Elden Ring. But I love how different so many of the areas feel. Yeah. And as you moved in between worlds, like a lot of them just felt like so larger than life in a lot of ways. And I really appreciated the immersion that you felt when you were moving through the different parts of the lands between yeah and you know it's a good world when you're wondering yourself who the fuck came up with this <laughs> i mean miyazaki-san there you go. absolutely <laughs> absolutely my pick is again maybe a little out there I but it. it's actually escape academy and oh i love this that's pick. A good pick. Well, well here's why obviously i love escape rooms we've talked about it on the show before and andrew and i have played together and it's been wonderful i've beat the game i need to be the I dlc but what I really love about the world of Escape Academy is they set up this fictional school or university where people go and they train to become the next presidents or diabolical masterminds. And the idea is it's literally just training you to think, right? And I love the idea of going to a school to learn how to think good. Brain school. <laughs> like brain school, big brain school. And everything you see is a puzzle. It's literally like every moment is straight out of Uncharted or National Treasure where there's like, <laughs> there's hidden yeah. signals and the walls and you got to press a, a button or like pull a book out from the bookshelf and then there's a secret world behind it. And I just love thinking that that could be real somewhere at some school. I would love to see that team get a much bigger budget so that they can do much better graphics yeah because i think their ideas are so cool and they had some really excellent execution but the graphics clearly need a little bit of leveling up yeah. compared to where the competition is at this part of the generation and engine development but that's why i think there's so much potential for that franchise to keep going and for those minds behind all those puzzles and those worlds to say what if we could make something even more beautiful yeah. with our cool ideas i would play it in a heartbeat i would keep playing it too yeah we gotta play more stuff. even though you've already solved all the puzzles well we can do the dlc i haven't done that <gasps> yes there we go <laughs> curious dna has some good responses to this citizen sleeper which i admittedly don't know about but then he also mentioned here are they she don't know scorn elden ring no scorn no, thank you no, no thank scorn. You. that's not. an interesting mm -hmm. one though i from artistic perspective like i think it deserves a nod because again who the f thought about that sure messed up very squelchy mm. Mm, very moist in that world but um mm. again a very like i don't want to say corrupted mind came up with that because that's not the right word but a, an interesting mind came up with that one so it definitely yeah. deserves a nod very creative shout out to stray too oh yes 100%. <laughs> all kites, all the time. But now let's talk about best waifus. So there's some phenomenal female characters this year. But the one that I think has gotten a little overlooked in all of the talk about God of War Ragnarok. Yes. Is Freya. Mm -hmm. Yes, Freya. she's on my list. Waifu of the year. Oh, she is the winner. Oh. <laughs> like, honestly. Just. That's her. An incredible character. And, you know, shout out to Danielle Bassetti who voiced her. And I admit, in the beginning of Ragnarok, I was a little skeptical of how they were going to portray Freya as a character. But she had some incredibly powerful monologues that were so masterfully written and then, of course, masterfully voiced by, by Danielle. And I just love her as a character, both as a powerful queen, as a fighter, as a warrior, as a vulnerable mother, mm. as a friend, as a mentor. Like, such a diverse set of character arcs that she had that yeah. 
she's definitely my waifu of that's 2022. what i said to you in my my little notes i took there's <laughs> something about a woman who can soothe you with her words and the tone of her voice but then strangle you with her thighs and that is <laughs> oh, Freya. wow oh that's powerful <laughs> very powerful yeah freya hands down hands down freya hands down. Yeah. is Easy. freya yours as well she's mine as well Oh, yes. And I, I love- didn't even realize Look at that. that. <laughs> a unified response. Hey. Well, Matthew Gadeer over at, at patreon.com slash says Elser from Signalis. Oh, okay. Okay. As waifu. And then Josh Hyde said Elaine in Return to Monkey Island. I've not played that yet. Classic. Played it yet either. Elaine. <sighs> Shout out to you. So all. many waifus, not enough time. Exactly. <laughs> but husbandos of course Brittany. how are you gonna pick (laughs) do you also have a list of five is it longer i have a list of two (laughs) the first one is gonna be claude von regan from fire emblem warriors three hopes and he is returning from fire emblem three houses which came out like what 2018 2019 it doesn't matter what i loved about three hopes the second one the most latest one the the dynasty warriors-esque one it's confusing is it was a retelling of the story from three houses in an alternate universe and what was so great about that is you got to see these characters in a new light and have them in some new challenging positions and we got to see a very vulnerable side of Claude that we didn't get to see in the other game he was challenged by his peers and like the way he handled that criticism to me I'm like boing great love you (laughs) Um, the other one has to be Zach Fair from Crisis Core Final Fantasy 7 Reunion he kind of starts off with like this puppy dog like Labrador energy which is just like it's cute it's adorable but then watching him grow and just kind of become man if you will uh, mm. i'm like oh okay sir hello for reasons i can't really talk about because i can't okay. really spoil that game even though it came out forever ago and it's just a remaster it's all good so i would say claude and zach are my two husbandos ask me next year oh what i can so talk much. about you you no you, you won't you won't be so able to pick because you not only do you have two yakuza games but you've got Resident Evil and Final Fantasy. <laughs> like you're gonna be in a husbando and all my farming games. Like <laughs> you're gonna be in, in in like a tornado of husbandos covered in hot dogs. It's gonna be great. <laughs> oh, that gif. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness, a tornado of husbandos covered in hot dogs. You pick which gif you want in your mind. You just keep thinking about it, everybody. <laughs> Rihanna, who was your husbando of 2022? Mine is also from the quarry. <laughs> Okay, okay. And again, I can't get into too many details on why, but I'll just explain character traits. Sure. His name is Ryan. He's played by Justice Smith, who folks might know from like the Pokemon movie. This young man is a really great actor. I'll say that just right off the bat. But the character Ryan in the game is very loyal, very open and trusting, but is still logical and reasonable. Like when you have that character who's in like an emergency situation or a horror and they just start doing things that don't make any freaking sense. He's not that person. Oh, good. At any moment, you're like, oh, I get why you did that. And yeah. I appreciate that. Level-headed, very willing to go out on a limb for people that he thinks is worth it. But sometimes he's wrong, depending on your gameplay. Oh. But I appreciate somebody who's going to like do everything they can to make sure everybody gets through the night. Like It was that I can trust <clears> you, <throat> yeah. I can rely on you energy, and that is really attractive to me. So Ryan, that's a good one from the uh, quarry. That is a good one. I like that. What was the the guy that Aloy flirted with a lot? Or I mean, flirted. I don't oh, think but was... he got a new boo though. No, 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 not him. Varl? <laughs> no, not Varl. Varl. Varl got a new boo. I'm yeah. like Varl. No, I'm Varl. thinking of Varl. I know who Varl is. That's sorry, that's not who I'm thinking of. The the guy with the beard. The the other guy. The <laughs> I'll Google it. Sorry. Are you are you thinking? No, although well, you could choose to flirt with him or not. Oh, yeah. I'm guessing you chose to flirt with him. Oh yeah. <laughs> I love that sexual tension. Come on, Aloy, get it. 
You know what I mean? See, she's I busy. was <laughs> see, I was thinking, yeah, the 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 king of the oh, sun, not sun kingdom. Of who I, like I was thinking of, but oh. now nah, he he was too weird. He was too like, hey, you know, like nah, dog, you're trying too he hard. Was too, he was too, too thirsty, thirsty about too, it. Too thirsty. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was another guy, but either way. I understand. think I know exactly who you're talking about, but I played it as like just friends. We're just I friend I friends <laughs> I friends on oh, him man. hard. <laughs> Rough. Yeah, we have to look up his name because I can see his face in my mind yeah, as yeah. well. But it's tough because like I, I'm just gonna say it. I don't think I have a husbando of 2022. That's okay. That's okay. I don't. don't there was one. like there was no one who was you know making me quiver a little bit. <laughs> I just wasn't feeling the vibes. Was okay. it my incredible fatigue? Maybe. <laughs> Sometimes libido and fatigue are very tied together. It's true. It's very true. Can confirm. No one quivered. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I can't find this. Thing. It doesn't matter. Oh, but I think. Right. But I think that there will definitely be moments next year, Ooh. and it'll be it'll oh, be yeah. tough and. I, that's like uh, something I'm going to have to deal with when the time comes. <laughs> uh, but we have so many more games to keep talking about. So let's keep moving right along to best friendship. And this mm. is going to be a hard one, I think, because there's a lot of fun moments of friendship this year. And I was going to mention a game that we haven't really talked about. Okay. That didn't really get nominated for anything, but that did come out this year that I had fun with was Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. Ah. And the party in that game, I think, is a such a great representation of like an unlikely group of friends and how they have this like weird banter, but they're all like rolling around together and you know, obviously your experience with the game and the narrative is gonna <clears throat> vary if you played it solo or if you played it with a group of people. Yeah. But I really loved the friendship on display there and like the kind of fun that tabletop experiences and RPG experiences like evoke from your group of friends. And I just wanted to like give that game a call out because I had a lot of fun with that game. And to me, it's like one of the best gearbox experiences within the Borderlands franchise that I've ever played. It's oh. real good. That's really powerful. Yeah. <laughs> Another one that made me a little left field. No, I love it. This is good. I feel like I have so many curveballs. Apex Legends. Okay. Okay. So the extended lore of Apex Legends is not immediately available in the game. Most of it's through cutscenes. They have some graphic novels. Some of them are really wonderful. You should read all of them. But what I really loved was seeing the story development around the friendship between the character Octane and the character Lifeline. So Octane is a speedster. The, his lore is that he did the, the gauntlet from Titanfall and tried to get through to beat someone else's time hmm. threw a grenade at his own feet so that he could move to the end really quickly with an explosion and blew his own legs off so that's, that's a strategy uh, yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> intense he, he's a, a thrill seeker uh very much <laughs> very much lives on the edge and loves action and very impulsive but a fun loving person um and then you have character lifeline or ajay shay she is you know a legacy to this incredible empire of people who claim to be helping folks across the galaxy, but maybe their intentions are other otherwise motivated. But she truly wants to help people, so she comes into the battlefield as a healer. She wants to make sure everybody gets back on their feet when they're knocked down. Like, she's very supportive, you know, very, again, that strong, stable, get-us-through-the-night energy. Yeah. But the two of them are actually friends, and they both come from powerful parents who are maybe a little bit nefarious and their paths have crossed and they've helped each other 
kind of foil their parents' organizations on multiple occasions. So we got a video of one of these moments. And it was just so beautiful to see them both coming together. And uh, Octavius, he ends up in the hospital and Ajay's there treating people. And she's like, why are you here? He's like, uh, I was actually doing some bad stuff. Don't tell my dad. And she helps bust him out on the on the condition that he helps her steal some stuff that you know, would foil a plot that her parents are, are supportive of. And it's just wonderful to see their dynamic of like, they both want to do better than their parents and mm. that motivates them individually, but they also help each other so much. And it was just really beautiful. I'm glad you talked about that because when I think of Apex, I don't think of narrative or story or lore. It's, it's not in right. the game, but you do get moments if you're playing like on a, a team with, you know, one, whatever third character and you have an Octane and you have a lifeline, you'll get some dialogue between them. You know, mm. as the characters are just running around collecting things, shooting people, they'll say like, oh, like that time I helped you and you got me arrested. Like they'll reference stuff stuff like that in the Apex games. And I think it's really cool. That is cool. Also kind of a weird pick. I'm going to say Saints Row because I Ooh. feel like the dynamic between the Saints oh, was really Oh, you know, fun. I like this pick, though. Yeah, it's a good one. I like it, too. The Saints, the Saints in this game were really well done. Yeah, and I mean, that's... I think that's kind of cool that you'd have three friends, including yourself. Is it four? Including it's yourself. four, yeah. And they have a cat. And they have a cat, and, like, they'll murder people for you and not even think <laughs> twice about it. Like, that's hard to find in a person, you know what I <laughs> that's mean? That's true friendship. Like, like, hey, let's grab burritos and then go knock off this bank together. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. It was just a really fun dynamic to see. But my real, real pick is Kratos and Mimir. Because I of course, of course, besties. Yeah, they're besties. And just the relationship those two have. And Mimir is always talking to Kratos straight. He doesn't sugarcoat anything. And I think, obviously, that's what you want from a friend. But more so that you can talk to a god of war that way and have him respect your opinion. I'm like, okay, that's good. And he acts as a mediator between Atreus and Kratos when there really is a lot of tension built. And so, I don't know. I'd like a head to attach to the back of my butt mm-hmm. and walk around. Andrew, if anything ever happens to you, girl... <laughs> You're going to attach me to your butt? Sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, there there are worse places to be. Mm. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Best musical moment. I want to call out our Patreon responses first because I love them <laughs> so much. Matthew Gudair says every moment of trombone champ. And I like, forgot about that game. About that. I dabbled in trombone champ and that game is just too hilarious for me to take seriously. <laughs> so trombone champ for people who are unfamiliar is essentially a rhythm and music game in the vein of a guitar hero or rock band. But instead of going like down an alley, it's like side scrolling. But you play with keys on a keyboard and you essentially have to slide between notes on a trombone. And some of the songs are (laughs) egregiously difficult. And it's hilarious because you're basically just playing out of tune trombones I was like burr, 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 <laughs> I want to try this burr, burr, burr. and it's, it's like really it's funny. A, you can't not laugh at how stupid it sounds <laughs> that's a good pick um, so I love I love that call out Andrew Cotton says creep from Life is Strange to Colors which again is not from 2022 it's from last year but that's okay we still gotta give you the, the shout out because Life is Strange is great yeah. but I love that you're right that like that moment was just kiss uh, curious DNA says has to go to the barnacle goose experiment I have not heard of this game because I didn't really expect that game to have anything more than some annoying sounds and I don't know what the barnacle goose experiment is okay like huh. that is that's something I've literally never heard of before <laughs> no I have not either I'm trying to figure out what this is because <laughs> I'm you mentioned this game a few times so it's it's an idle clicker about a research locked a researcher locked in a biodome tasked with generating a working world out of their own body. Oh. Huh. 
Okay. Well, that sounds very interesting. Yay for innovation. Um, <laughs> I have two real quick. The first one has, again, Saints Row. There's a part, there's a mission where you have to steal something off of a yacht and you steal the thing and then the yacht starts to blow up and then DMX's Party Up starts playing. Yes. And it's like the perfect timing for it. So like that was really fun. And then for reasons I can't really go into, I would say Blood on the Snow in God of War. The best musical moment for me was one that I actually uploaded online. It was in Gotham Knights when you are in a prison scene with doing a mission for Harley Quinn and you essentially have to chase this key that she's attached to a balloon and because Harley being Harley you <laughs> get into this like prison yard and there's this giant brawl happening between the guards and the prisoners both of which you are not on either side of and it's this punk rock cover of Livin' La Vida Loca what? oh wow and it's so good and I there was people online that were shitting on it like this is so stupid and, oh, no. and too on the nose and, and I loved it because I was like it's Harley Quinn. It just felt so thematically on brand with the kind of chaos that she is in. And I could just imagine Harley on stage <laughs> singing this cover <laughs> as she's sending your character. I was playing as Batgirl, I think. And just going on this chase after this freaking <laughs> balloon. And you have to take out, like, there's like, I think, 50 different NPCs that you have to fight before the it triggers the end of the sequence. And... It was just such a fun moment of many moments in that game that I think were underlooked because that game, I think, didn't get received as well as you know, I feel a lot of us were hoping it was going yeah. to. And, yeah, yeah. and it had flaws. Like, I'm, we're not, this is not the show for me to go into all the flaws that Gotham Knights had. But there were some really fun moments in that game. I don't really think I have a pick in this one. Nothing from the quarry. No, surprisingly. The music is great, <laughs> and I did love this game. But uh, no, nothing stood out to me in memory. There's a lot of really great music in games, but it's all like sort of ambient and background sure, for sure, me. Sure, 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 yeah, yeah. Like, is like, there like a soundtrack that sticks out to you the most? Like a, like a TMNT or like a Cult That's of a the Lamb. Yeah, yeah. But, but nothing that, like none of these moments that, you know, clearly stick in your mind. Right. And probably because I didn't finish a lot of games this year, so yeah, maybe I didn't get to those. That happens. Yeah. Most people don't finish games, fun fact. Yeah. Our next category is best costume. Ooh. And this one's obviously very subjective and it's <laughs> tough because there was a lot of great costumes across many different games. But our patrons, Brenda K. Gon says, Horizon Forbidden West, which I love. Thank you for the call out. That's not a real answer, Brandon. <laughs> I'm just going to call you out because I'm going to look up the name of the specific set of armor that I loved from Horizon. Mm. But do either of you ladies have a costume that you wore in a game that you were like, this is the one? Oh, yeah. Okay, number one, real quick again, shout out to Saints Row. Tons of awesome customization Ooh, yeah. options in that game. Agreed. I had my girl walking around in all leather with mm -hmm. these like hot red heels. It was great. But the uh, main one here is going to be from Xenoblade Chronicles 3, the swimsuit pack DLC. Ooh. Ooh. Packages. Girl, packages and titties for days all, <laughs> all across the characters. But, I mean, honestly, it was pretty fun to have them in that. And that's one of the only real costumes I ever messed around with. But it was very distracting when you're having, like, these pivotal narrative moments when, like, some – and that's an emotional game, but they're all wearing their bikinis. You're like, okay, like, I can get behind <laughs> it. Like, I'll Just that. silly. Yeah, that's a great 
great game though. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. My pick is obviously from Fortnite, Spider-Gwen. Oh, <laughs> like, oh yeah. There's it, so many good Fortnite there's costumes. There's so many good ones, but Spider-Gwen, for, for those who don't know, as you unlock Battle Pass uh, costumes, which uh, you can only get through the Battle Pass, at least most of the time. Uh, they may release them way later. Spider-Gwen was at sort of like the advanced stages of the most recent Battle Pass for Chapter 3. And you could also then get bonus upgrades to it where it becomes blue and shiny, then gold and shiny, then like pink and shiny. So the pink and shiny is the last one you unlock with oh, getting all of the levels in the battle pink pass. Pink and, and shiny. Ooh, it was literally like, a, was it a buzzer beater where I was trying so hard to get through it before the, the uh, battle pass ended in chapter four release. And I just barely made it. You to did. The end. I remember you talking about this and I was like, I don't know why you're so <laughs> obsessed with getting this done, but like good on you for 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 chasing your dreams. <laughs> it was important to me. <laughs> but no, it it's very cute and I'm glad I have it forever now. And <laughs> thank you, Fortnite, for feeding me many, many useless goals to keep achieving. <laughs> Okay, so I found the exact armor set that I <laughs> I loved from Horizon Forbidden West. So one of my favorite things about this game was how detailed each of the different new tribes looked. They all had very specific face paints mm-hmm. and different colors. And the armor set that I really loved was the Tanakh the Dragoon because it had this crazy headpiece. And I think when we think about Horizon so much of the art of that game is underappreciated because it's all really unique and so much of armor sets feels like it's just recycled and it's like oh here's another piece of like boob armor that just has a different color on it and I thought that they gave each of those tribes such a unique specific look based off what that tribe was proficient at in the world of Horizon and so I just wanted to call out Mm. that and if you guys haven't played Horizon yet that's it yeah that's like the and you can get the armor dyes and I was chasing a lot of the armor dyes to like change the looks and I really loved how the team this time around took that customization to the next level and really made it fantastic I mean there was some really fantastic armor in in God of War as well but Quick shout out to the starting outfit for the prisoner class in Elden Ring where you're a little no. just naked with a <laughs> No, that's not no, that's that there's no originality in being naked. It's hilarious. You have a giant thing on your head. You <laughs> just run around good. in your drawers. <laughs> There was some really cool armor. It was funny. Oh my god, I forgot about that. Is that the one with the little loincloth? Okay, that's right. Prisoner. Oh yeah. Okay, shout out to comedy. (laughs) Before we continue with our What's Good Game Awards, we want to take a quick break to hear this wonderful message from our sponsor. of What's the Games is brought to you by HelloFresh. It's the most best time of the year. Okay, I should probably not sing anymore, but I do want to remind you that HelloFresh is here to help you make the most of every moment during the most wonderful time and festive time of the year, which is right now. Happy holidays, everybody. From hosting dinners to your busy weeknight events, you can count on HelloFresh to deliver fresh ingredients and seasonal recipes because tis the season for saving money wherever we can, right? We got to have money for gifts for folks. And HelloFresh 
HelloFresh is cheaper than the grocery store and 25% less expensive than takeout. So you can use those savings for holiday gifts or, you know, treat yourself. Holiday Fresh can also help you eat better and all of the holiday temptations are going to be a thing of the past. Well, maybe not completely a thing of the past, a cookie here or there, but it sure helps when you've got meals ready to go, just waiting to be cooked in your fridge. Are you short on time? Well, good news. HelloFresh is quick and easy options like their 20-minute meals and easy cleanup dishes are big on flavor and easy on effort. And these time-saving solutions mean more time with friends and family around the holidays. Plus, quality is HelloFresh's priority. Ingredients travel from the farm to you in less than seven days, so you know that they are fresh. We've talked about HelloFresh a lot on the podcast and I love that I've got a delicious cheese fondue board just waiting for me to plate when I'm done with the podcast. And I have so many of my favorite recipes like the crispy chicken with carrots and prosciutto plus the couscous. I just basically order everything from HelloFresh that has couscous in it because I'm obsessed with couscous. If you guys have never had it before, it's delicious. And did I mention that these are super easy to make? I mean, if I can do it, you can do it. If you guys want to get in on the HelloFresh train for yourself, go to HelloFresh.com slash what's good 18 and use our code what's good 18 for 18 free meals plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash what's good 18 for 18 free meals and free shipping. Plus trying out America's number one meal kit with our URL helps what's good games. And that's what the holiday season is all about. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Welcome back, everybody. It is the What's Good Game Awards 2022. And it's time to talk about bow, chicka, bow, wow, the best romance. Ooh, well, I got one for this, ladies. Okay, I'm going to keep this spoiler free. It's going to be about Xenoblade Chronicles 3. <laughs> but I wrote it down because I could not talk about it right now because I'm very tipsy. <clears throat> oh. <laughs> this comes from... Noah and Mio, and not just the romance that they have in that game, but the game asks this question. Do you want to let the world in its current state of suffering end as you know it and let it heal itself and set things right? Or do you want to walk with the one you love at the cost of death, destruction, and despair to literally everyone else around you? And that means if you've played the game, you understand what that means. But the romance sparks a very important and integral question that will make you question your choice in this matter. And it's a very interesting one that would not exist without two people wanting to bang each other. So Xenoblade Aww. Chronicles 3. Beautiful. It's a beautiful story. <laughs> I know I... <laughs> no, I, I love... I like that. You know, it's... 
Yeah. I mean, I don't think that romance has to be predicated by banging or even have to include banging. Does not. But it's great for folks when it does because banging's fun. But my romance, I assume includes banging, but because it's a family-friendly property, banging is never referenced. Hmm. Okay. And it is... Spoilers, it's from Disney. I, 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 I thought. <laughs> and it's... Anna and Kristoff from Frozen uh, in Dreamlight Valley. So I love Frozen. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> I love Frozen and Frozen 2. And of all the movies that I watch with my daughter, like I have watched these movies many, many times. And the more that I watch them, the more I love Kristoff as a character. I'm not like attracted to him in a husbando sense, but he's got some really amazing qualities. Mm. Uh, and there's a couple really key pieces of dialogue, particularly in Frozen 2, that I think really showcase like his amazing qualities as a partner. But in Dreamlight Valley, there is a storyline where the whole idea is that there's this forgetting that's happened and these night thorns have taken away the memories of the residents of Dreamlight Valley. And one of the storylines is that you have to go to Kristoff and say, in order to help save the valley, you have to help me with the spell that is going to take away all of your memories of your love and life with Anna. Oh, wow. And I can't imagine being put into a situation where somebody's like, yeah. in order to save all of these other people, hmm. you have to erase all of your memories and your love of John. It's just gone. And I'd be like, ah, that fucking sucks. I don't want to make that choice. That, mm-hmm. that choice sounds awful. And I know that the game seems like this simplistic, you know, like life sim. But that's like a really big thing to tackle. Yeah. Kristoff, you know, to save the valley, of course, is like, well, you know. And your character says to him to convince him to do it is like, well, you made her fall in love with you once. Like you could do it again. You know, and I think what's really amazing about like the way that the quest then unfold is like this idea that he agrees to do it to help save all of these other people, all these other characters. And then you get to go on these individual quests where you're helping Anna and Kristoff kind of rediscover their love for each other. And it's <laughs> That's like wholesome as fuck. <laughs> and the the romance of between them is just like it is. It yeah. is wholesome. And I'm like I think it like despite the fact that the game is like this like super simple game and it's like based off these Disney characters, like it kind of like hits you in the heart in a way of like, yeah. what if you had to make that choice with the person that you love in your it life? It reminds me a lot of the How would you get them to fall the back in love with thing. you? Yeah, you know? and it is. Yeah. Ooh. So it's like, whoa. to me, that was like, you know, I know it's like technically their romance is not of this year. They're not original characters, but the way that it was presented in Dreamlight Valley, I thought was really. It counts. Was it really counts. cool. It counts. That's a good one. Yeah. That is a good one. And then Josh Hyde from, from Patreon.com slash What's Good Games. Shout out to Varl and Zoe in mm. Horizon Forbidden West. I did really love their yes. romance. Unexpected because I think a lot of people were thinking uh-huh. that there was going to be like an, an Aloy Varl thing that happened. And instead he's like, oh, hey, girl, hey. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a scene in there where she's watching them like flirt and maybe kiss. And I thought that I sensed maybe jealousy on her face. And I'm like, oh, are they exploring this? But I think she's happy for her friend. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. 
Our next award is best NPC, meaning non-playable character. So video games are filled with NPCs. Some of them, you know, have no dialogue and barely any facial animations whatsoever. And some of them are very detailed and very important to your character. And this is such a fun category because it's like it can run the gamut each year about who is the best (laughs) NPC. Brittany, who is your favorite NPC? Throod. Oh, what a great pick. You know, and obviously for spoiler reasons, I can't get too into it, but it's the story and she is a young woman. And I think we've all been there where you're trying to find yourself, but maybe you don't have the support of everyone around you because you feel like they just don't understand you and you don't know why they feel like you feel like they're against you. And then, you know, communication is important and communication happens and you kind of learn Anyway, like she is such a strong character and I love her because she's so ambitious. She has her doubts. She's a little worried about her future or whatever, but she still pursues it and she still goes for it. And yeah, I think I'll leave it at that in fear of I might spoil something, but Throod for sure. Aww, that's oh, that's awesome. It's yeah. so hard to not just always pick God of War Ragnarok for all of these categories because but like damn, it, it fits, written so good. <laughs> it fits into so many of these different categories, but I mean, I... I have to give props to to Brock from God of War Ragnarok. Every time you like walk up to him at one of the (laughs) shops that you find, and they're always just like randomly in the world. Him and Sindri. I mean, I could easily pick Sindri too because like they just they just like pop up and randomly appear. But I love how they just like are always just calling out Kratos on on things and and you know like kind of having jokes with him back and forth and. Colorful language that they wrote <laughs> for Brock as a, as a character. This this just foul mouthed dwarf that is a master blacksmith, and there's some really amazing moments with Brock. But I guess you know uh, he's still technically is he still technically an NPC? Yeah, because you don't well. Oh, that's deep. No, well, you never play as Brock, okay. but there's like moments of gameplay where he's with you. With you, and you can direct him, but you're not playing as him. No, so he still does. He still does. He? Oh, this is deep. He girl. might not still count. Girl, this is this is fucking my mind. I can't. Oh no! I'm gonna. Say, you are for the sake of this conversation. It counts. I yeah. I want to give Brock a shout out. Yeah. He is hilarious. And, a shout out. Yeah, yeah, and he has that sense of humor that I love, and the like you said, the colorful language he uses. <laughs> oh my god! It's and it's so not good. just that it's obscene and foul. It's just that it's truly original in ways that like I've never heard anybody curse <laughs> in this way. At one point, Brock calls someone a quote prize-winning taint stain with a capital stink. I wrote that down because I thought it was really funny. Just like, well, who funny. wrote that? The dialogue. Very smart. It's very yeah. original. It's just, yeah. It's just wild. It brings a levity to the world, and it's mm-hmm. great. Yes. Yes. It is. Phenomenal, phenomenal yep. character. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Who was a random NPC that you just liked running into? I, I wouldn't say I ran into them, um, and I don't even know if this technically counts, but I'm going to say the announcer in Halo. <laughs> of course that counts. Because, like, uh, like when he goes, like, cool-tacular, like, uh, that shit gets me going. And I, I swear to you, there are some days when I contemplate going back into Halo multiplayer where I'm like, I honestly just want him to say, like, <laughs> sticky. <laughs> you know what That's I mean? That's how I feel about Shaxx in, in The Crucible and Very Destiny. similar energy. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So you never see this so it's creature just the voice. or the person. It's literally yeah. just the voice. So I don't know if they even count as a fully Yeah, because Shaxx is at least somebody you can go you walk, walk up, up to. to. And he gives you quests mm. and things. But, yeah, I, the announcer in Halo is just the first thing I thought of because, like, every time – he celebrates you doing something amazing. It it really Juices just stays you. With it's like you. ooh, literally, 
Literally. You should download that. It's like a ringtone. Oh my God, I would. If it was just like Kilimanjaro, anytime somebody calls me, I'm like, I would lose it. <laughs> There's, that's got to exist on I'm the sure internet. I'm sure there's a soundboard out there for me. Yeah. But 100%. Yeah, that's my pick. Halo. Halo Gosh. announcer. So many good NPCs this yeah. year. But we have to talk about, this is a new category that we've added for 2022 because I just think <laughs> that there's so many unique call-outs that we could be doing Welcome to the fray for most brutal boss fight. Mm. And this is a fun one, particularly this year, because oh, there's yeah. so many different directions we could go. I mean, we could make this category just about Elden Ring, which we're I mean, not going to do. But like, <laughs> there's, easy to do. <laughs> there's so many that we could only pick if it was just for Elden Ring. But Curious DNA over at patreon.com slash games, of course, says has got to go to Elden Ring. But it's not really an achievement in my book is that it has made me quit the game before completing it, even if I probably what even if I probably was on the last fight <laughs> I think that that's so hilarious because yes yeah I mean if we were just going to give one game this award <laughs> it would definitely go to Elden Ring clearly but I don't even know which individual boss in Elden Ring for I me pick. it was Renala mm-hmm. Renala because I mean that's I think the last major boss that we fought Jason and I so we played co-op and there's that song that all those little like school children sing little librarian did you ever fight her Oh, you think I got that far? No. I think you, but you fought. I fought quite a few bosses. I think you fought bosses that I haven't. I think that's the beauty and way you can play that game, right? Yeah. But no, there's this two part, and it's this one you're in this library, and they're singing this creepy song that like, I still think about like on a daily basis because it's so catchy, and then it reminds me of that saying by a bunch of kids on the ground. That's really weird. Um, that game's so messed up, you know. So there's that part of it, and then the next part of that boss fight is this. Be- it's really pretty. The backdrop is like space, the universe. And you're on like maybe some like a, a thin layer of water. Um, but I died so many times. And the way we had to play it is we would f- defeat the bosses on Jace's game. Jace's, wow, that's my son. Jason's <laughs> game. And then we'd have to go join my game and then uh, by- fight the boss again and win. So we could both progress at the same time. And oh, man, yeah. trying to tackle that girl twice. Oof. Ooh. Ooh. That was, it was rough chuckles. We did nope. it. No, thank you. No, I'm good. <laughs> mm, so good, though. It was a good fight. For me, it's Heimdall in God of War Ragnarok. And are there probably more difficult fights? Yes. I mean, (laughs) I have to admit that I went back and forth between do I choose the Needhog fight, which was epic in that game, or do I choose the Heimdall fight, which was also difficult. I think also which difficulty you were playing on will dramatically alter like how you you see each of those different boss fights. But I liked both of them for different reasons because each of those characters behaved in different ways. The scale of the characters was different, the way that they interacted with you. The first time I I did, and I'm going to keep it as spoiler-free as possible, but the first time I did that Heimdall boss fight, I was like, banging my head against the wall because I was like there's no way there's no way I can do this like mm-hmm. this is this, can't is, do it. <laughs> this is an impossible fight mm-hmm. it's just impossible were you playing on the normal difficulty I was yeah and then I you know slowly was like okay there's clearly a way to beat this I just have to slow down and start <laughs> analyzing and figuring out what am I doing wrong because clearly I'm just moving too fast which is if you've actually done the boss fight is kind of a LOL oh, that's irony pretty moment good, yeah. um And so I'm like, how do I figure this out? And I love a game that makes you stop and think. And that's why I think, you know, obviously Elden Ring is to me like the overall game winner for this, but I can't just pick a singular boss moment from that Mm -hmm. game. So many of the amazing boss fights that we saw both in Elden Ring and God of War this year are just 
they use interesting mechanics to tell the player, hey, you need to use what's in your arsenal in order to fight this. And I think the big difference between both of those games is that how you played the game is really going to matter how you approach the boss fight. Mm -hmm. And more so in Elden Ring because of its deeper RPG mechanics than God of War. But even with God of War, like how you spec your points and where you decide what armor you decided to build would also matter. But in Elden Ring, like what class you were, (laughs) what gear you had, all of that really made a huge difference as to like, how am I going to approach this boss fight or not? Mostly it was not approaching the boss fight. Mostly it was like doing one time at the boss fight and then be like, okay, you take all my shit. I'm going to leave now. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. I'm running away. Um, But yeah, I just, I wanted to call up that Heimdall fight because it was... That was a good one. It was brutal. Mm -hmm. Brutal Soros Rex. For me, the most brutal boss fight like straight up noped me out of the game. And I was very heartbroken because this was one of my most anticipated games last year when we did this episode. The boss is in Sifu. Mm. Um, it's the first boss. I think his name is Fahar, the botanist. Without getting too much into details of Sifu, because you know, mm. at this point, most people know what kind of game it is. It, it's a tough action, right? It's it's very brutal. It plays a lot like a fighting game. I'm really shitty at fighting games, and he just took me down almost every time. I beat him twice, but because of the mechanics in Sifu, by the time I beat that boss, I was decrepit <laughs> and like uh. a very advanced age, and I could take maybe one or two hits in the next section section after that, and I would die. Now, you were playing before they patched in an easier difficulty, right? I did. So this was the original build of the game that released. And unfortunately, it just shut me down so hard. It was too punishing. I didn't go back. And I loved that gameplay. I loved the mechanics. I loved the art and the world and the storytelling was really fascinating to me. Again, slightly asynchronous gameplay where you can, you know, go in whatever order you want. But that first boss, just I couldn't get past him with enough life left. So, yeah. I stopped playing and it was a beautiful fight and I enjoyed watching it. But then I just kept getting my ass handed to me and I had to stop. Sometimes that's sometimes that's just the way the cookie crumbles, you know, moving on to most shocking moments. So we have in the past done most agonizing choice, most emotionally devastating moment. Even most shocking moment is going to be a little bit tough because this is a spoiler category, meaning it's tough to pick a most shocking, devastating or agonizing choice without spoiling a key narrative component. So if you are concerned at all about spoilers in this category, just check those timestamps, skip right over this Mm -hmm. onto the next category and... You've been warned. Now let's talk about our most shocking moments. I have a feeling that most of our shocking moments are going to be the same. same. Well, yeah. I can go first. Yeah. Because okay. Yours is, is probably not. No. It's not neither devastating nor spoilery. Okay. okay. So many people have heard of vampire survivors. Yes. But I would say fewer people know that there's a lot of hidden gems in that game. Lots of hidden bosses, new characters, mm. levels and things. And I would say for me, the most shocking moment was actually accidentally finding a boss in the first level because there was a question mark on the map and I was like, I'm going to go to that question mark. (laughs) And I see it and it's a coffin and there's 
like a ring of like bats or whatever it is. I can't tell. It's like 2D. But uh, like <laughs> this ring of things pulsating around it. And I noticed I could start to chip away at them and maybe like start killing some of them off. Enemies still swarming me as the vampire survivors mechanics entail. But then I'm slowly like revealing the circle around the, the this coffin. And I'm like, oh, okay. So there's something in there. And so as I like start chipping away at the the ring of bats around this coffin, the enemies are still swarming me, but then the coffin opens and it is another character that I hadn't unlocked yet. Ooh. And I didn't have to like do anything to unlock it. I didn't have to pay into it. It's literally just I was curious Isn't and I that found fun? them. That was really exciting. I, I was love like that. I didn't know I could do that. <laughs> I love that when they put little surprises like that into the game that are completely optional, you could totally miss it. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's really That's fun. It's a great game, too. Yeah. Do we have the same I moment? I think we, a little something to do with a little guy named Odin. So, little guy yeah, named yeah, another yeah. Another spoiler tag. This is a big spoiler case. tag for God of War Ragnarok. If you haven't finished the game, our most shocking moment, I think, collectively, is when the game reveals that Tyr, mm. the God of War, is not actually Tyr. It's Odin all along. Dun, oh, dun, my dun. God. That was so wild. And again, like, shout out. Could we talk about this during the spoiler cast? Shout out to Brock for picking up on the bullshit yeah they're being like asking all these questions like what do you mean you have a portal there how did you have that everyone's ready to follow tear and tears suddenly like yo i got a sword and i got a shield like let's go i'm ready to raise arms again and then that's when my mind started going i'm mm. like this this is really anticlimactic for this really special moment of the god of war tear coming back into the fray yeah. something felt wrong but it was so beautifully written that that was the intent Right. And then when it fucking then you go back and then I think about every interaction with Tyr, knowing that that's actually Odin and it makes sense. I think I'm going to at some point have to like replay and then watch those scenes mm-hmm. with a more watchful eye. And I'm sure it's all there. Watchful I'm, eye. And I know that there's <laughs> I know that there's probably already breakdowns on YouTube that exist about it. But it was like such a crazy moment that I never saw coming. No. That I love I love a good twist. Yeah. And that was a huge one for the narrative of that game. And I hope everybody gets to experience that game because it's just phenomenal. Mm -hmm. But let's move on to our next category. Most viral moment, or actually I should say most viral game. And this is one that we've also added for this year because I've been wanting to have a recognition for a game that takes everybody by storm, that everyone's talking about, everyone's playing. Yes. But it doesn't necessarily fit into like, oh, it's the best action adventure game or Mm -hmm. it's the best RPG or Mm -hmm. they have the best voice performance or whatever the traditional categories are. Mm -hmm. But it's just a game that everyone's playing for some explicable reason. Mm -hmm. And I love Matthew Godare's nomination of Wordle. I think that's the right one. Everybody be playing Wordle. My mom and all her friends still play it every single day. Was that this year? That's this year. I That's how long this year. year really has yeah. been. Are you sure? That's look at this wild. year. I'll yeah. look it up. No, I will say recently, depending on when you're listening to this episode, there was a strike of the Guild at New York Times. Yes. And they did request that people take a hiatus from their Wordle strikes. If you're interested in the workers' rights for people at New York Times, you might want to look into that a little bit more. But all of that aside, Wordle absolutely went viral. I'm saying it was <laughs> well, October they, well, 2021. But So mm-hmm. the, game, the game was published mm-hmm. was available but it didn't pick up steam got it until got it this year okay yeah, and that's why wow. it's the most viral mm-hmm. game because like much like among us right 
you know, the game was out. And Loodle. And people just weren't talking about it. Our, our friend Gary would have. Loodle. Loodle. Yeah, I was good at that Gary. one. <laughs> Surprising no one. Okay, well, because I thought Wordle was last year, my pick was going to be Elden Ring. Because yeah. I feel like that, again, was something everybody was talking about. And it was that really cool, as you like to call it, water cooler moment. Yep. Where everyone's comparing notes and saying, oh, I found this thing. Or I found this boss where this person's kicking my ass. And that is always so fun when you have that moment. And it's so impactful. And it's really cool. And so I think that might have had something to do with why it won Game of the Year at the Game Awards. Uh, just a little something to do little with something. it. I think Elden Ring is a great pick, but I'm going with Fortnite for this year because I think Fortnite had a big comeback moment with no build mode, really bringing quite possibly millions of new players into the game. But also they had viral campaigns, most notably in my mind, was the Dragon Ball Z. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was so fun. I mean, I even played it. You did. You won. You I mean, killed some people. You, you got to float around on the clouds. Kamehameha you could throw Kamehameha's. Oh, it was so I mean, you fun. got to play as Goku, right? Vegeta. Like, I mean, the All of them. ridiculous it's things amazing. that you should so never good. be able to do. And I think it's so <laughs> hilarious the different mashup of IPs that are happening yeah. <laughs> in Fortnite now. Yes. Isn't Geralt coming? Yes. Yes. Okay. Geralt from The Witcher yes. is uh, coming to Fortnite. Doom guy's in there now. And I love it. I just remember like being in like my Mandalorian costume, flying around on my little cloud, and I think John like walked by and he's like, "This is wrong. This shouldn't exist. I don't know what's happening. Why are we doing this?" <laughs> it's thing? like IP Switzerland, like all yeah. of them. Yes, it is perfect. I really especially love it. I'm so glad you mentioned it, Andrea. Like the intent and the thought and the actual execution of all of these different IP integrations with the Fortnite team at Epic like they literally have a redeploy mechanic that you could just you make anything in the game where you like you fly up and you get to like sail back down to another spot to move quickly across the map but they decided to make that the Nimbus cloud and it's like there's just so many thoughtful things that they do to bring these IP into the gameplay that already exists that you're already familiar with mm. and, and it's just done so well like it's seamless that's why they're so god dang popular they're good pretty good at making yeah. this game oh man Man, that was fun. Uh, we don't need to pump up Donald Mustard anymore. I than mean, he's they're, already so, they're pumped losing up. so much money. <laughs> <laughs> they're killing it. And I'm really looking forward to the way they're going to keep innovating that game into next year. It's just the idea that they could have been like a flash in the pan kind of game, like taking advantage of this hot battle royale genre. They could have died off quickly. You know, like we've seen a lot of people rise and fall in the battle royale genre. And Fortnite continues to dominate because the team at Epic that they've built is doing great work, not only to bring in these awesome IPs that I think people are attracted to, but also just like the gameplay continues to be fun and they yeah. keep innovating and keep bringing reasons for people to come back and keep spending money. Stop, please stop. I can't keep buying every dance that you put out but I love them all. (laughs) It's just, it's too good. But we want to keep moving on. We have just a couple more categories to talk about. And these two are fun ones, arguably the best ones. Yeah. (laughs) Games that surprised you. So I love this category because it reminds us that sometimes we walk into a year with games that are our most anticipated, which We have a whole episode dedicated to (laughs) next week. And then there's games that you didn't see coming that you're like, damn, this game was so good. And I never thought that I would like this game. you never thought it was for you. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Hades Hades won. Elden Ring. (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, yes, absolutely. As girls that are not souls bros and had <laughs> tough experiences with Dark Souls and with Bloodborne, mm-hmm. I never thought that Elden Ring was going to be my game. Oh, no, me neither. Oh, but that's all we played for the longest time, Jason and I. Every night we put the kid down, grab a little bite to eat, and on our couches we sat and we explored Elden Ring and we had so much fun. And we did end up going back to it because, you know, you know how it is in this industry. You play a game for fun only for a little bit and then a review copy comes in. You play that and then the game that you left on the side, you're like, am I ever going to go back to that? Usually you don't. But we actually did go back and I still think about that game and I still think about that wonder and sense of exploration that I got while playing it. And while I think there are some mechanics of that game that can be fixed, like your co-op, I don't know why you make it so dang annoying to to group up with people because people want to play it co-op. Yeah, the multiplayer in that game is legitimately broken. It's so stupid. (laughs) Yeah, but my God, once you actually get in, it is fun. And I never thought, I think I'm like 45 hours in Elden Ring. I never thought that that would be for me. But it is, mm. and I love it, and I want to go back to it. But, you know, Final Fantasy calls, Crisis Core calls. There's a lot calling There's a lot now. calling me. Um, yeah, so that's probably my number one. I do need to give a shout-out to Signalis again, because that is like, I just can't stop raving about it. 2D Resident Evil. It has the survival horror elements. It has the inventory management. It has that top-down kind of like tank controls. I know mm-hmm. probably turn a lot of people off, but for me, it gets me all hot and bothered. And has that interesting new universe that you only learn about by playing and discovering and reading lore and reading the notes scattered around. So good. I don't know where this game came from, but it popped up in my inbox from a lovely PR person. And they're like, hey, we know you like Resident Evil. You might like this. Yeah. You were right. (laughs) Spoilers. You pegged me. (laughs) I think for me, most surprising game is Vampire Survivors. Yeah. (laughs) And... Not necessarily, like, I didn't think I would like the game. I didn't think I would have, like, 100 hours in it at this point. Wait, 100 hours? I'm at 80-something. Okay, okay. And it's definitely going to be more over the break. So I love it. Yeah, it's one of those games where each round is a maximum 30 minutes, so I know exactly how much time I can spend playing each round. If I can get there, most of the time I don't. (laughs) But it's very simple and surprisingly deep. Mm. And it... There is very minimal control. It is incredibly accessible and approachable. You're literally just steering and choosing upgrades. That's all you do. You don't button mash. You don't fight. There's no timing. Like, you're literally just moving around and choosing an upgrade. And somehow, they managed to make that so incredibly intricate and, like, Mm. a very high skill level ceiling that I I can play it for 80 hours and still be discovering new things. It's great. Ooh. I need Great to play game. that, but I'm scared to play it. It's addictive. Because I know. That's what I'm saying. But I'm telling you, 30 minutes and it makes you stop. Like, you cannot continue further. Oh. Yeah. And it's on Xbox Game Pass, and it now is. it's free on mobile. Also great on Steam Deck if you have one of those. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a little bit more of an investment, just but... Saying. Just saying. This is tough for me because there's a lot of games that were on my list of games that, like, I wanted to play, but didn't have time to play, but... I mean, I just echo Britney's sentiments about Elden Ring being like Mm -hmm. the most surprising game of 2022 for me because I walked into that game being like, I have to play this game because everybody's talking Uh about it. And if I'm going to give it a good shot for game of the year considerations, I have to play. And then there I was, (laughs) you know, like 30, 40 plus hours in being like, why am I still playing this game? I thought I hated this game. Don't I hate this game? (laughs) The way I talk about it makes it seem like I hate this game. But I don't. And I think the reason is that clearly the team at From Software 
receive the feedback that we need to make the game more approachable from an exploration standpoint. And I think that open world element that they added this time around instead of more instances, because obviously parts of the Dark Souls games was, mm-hmm. was more exploratory, but it wasn't in the same way, obviously, that Elden Ring was. That element, I think, really opened the door for people like me who really struggled with the really skill-based boss fight mechanics that From Software does so well meant that I could approach those fights, but then be like, nope, this isn't for me, and be willing to sacrifice my in-game currency to just walk away and go keep exploring. Mm-hmm. And there was enough like small level grinding that I could do mm-hmm. that would let me just like keep hitting these same like night dudes over and over again, <laughs> yes. and collecting shit in order to eventually like unlock some stuff to where I felt comfortable mm-hmm. doing bosses. And I love that they made it approachable. I think that they have work to do to make it accessible. Mm-hmm. Specifically, I'm using that word because... Yes. I think that From Software failed accessibility tasks like on every level. And that's why it's not my personal game of the year. I think that that team did some incredible work. And I'm like, you could have made this game like a masterpiece if you would just put your artistic vision aside a little bit to be like, hey, we can have both art and accessibility merch as one, which God of War Ragnarok clearly succeeded Mm -hmm. at in spades. Mm -hmm. I don't think that you have to sacrifice what your vision was in order to have it be accessible. Just have to think and work harder. But I was surprised that I kept, like Brittany said, you're just like, you're just up. You just keep going back, keep going back. You get so pissed. Because you keep going back. Yes, it's like a love-hate relationship. It's like, why do you keep letting me come back for this abuse? Stop abusing me. I don't like it. But you do like it. But you like it. keep going back because like you're like i'm gonna master you bitch and then you never do and then you give up and you leave forever yeah i mean which is what happened to me (laughs) i was like i'm done with you the lands between you did it though and you fingers you go away you fingers fingers, i don't want you two fingers but those those fingers were creepy as fuck by the way fingers man (laughs) whole ass thing um let's read some some games here from our our patrons so we got okay 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 Matthew Godet, who said Marvel Snap. Absolutely. It's one of the best mobile games ever. Okay. Brandon mm-hmm. K. Gann. There's a Doom clone called Proteus that mm. leverages a voxel art style that's gorgeous to look at and so fun to play. Runner up to, okay. Okay, God, okay. I'll have to look into this Proteus. Okay. Yes, and then okay. here's Curious DNA with that barnacle goose experiment. Because right. at first glance, I was 100% sure this was not a game for me. Then I played it to the very end. Okay. That's what I'm going to have to check out. All right. All right. But now it's time to talk oh. game of the year. I mean, God of War Ragnarok. It's not even a. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> ask me no. when I'm sleeping. I'll answer the same question. I mean, yeah. and it's it, it's so weird because I almost feel like saying God of War. It's like, of course, everyone's saying God of War, but there's a reason for that, right? Like, it's so rare that you get a game that a is a sequel and surpasses the original when the original won game of the year, but. It draws you in with its characters, its story, its graphics, its gameplay, its progression. Just like everything is just nailed. And I, it's the kind of game that I think about when I, I thought about when I wasn't playing. I was literally dreaming about it. And I just wanted to get back in that world. I wanted to solve all the chest riddle things. I wanted to find all the treasure maps. I wanted to do all of the things. Experience all of the banter. And some of the most pivotal story moments, and I won't say any what they are, are just so emotionally devastating, but so beautifully executed that it makes you wonder where are they going from here? And the possibilities are really exciting. So, yes. Yeah. Oh. 
It was really hard for me to choose between Horizon Forbidden West and God of War Ragnarok because I wanted to, and I did, spend more time in Horizon Forbidden West than Mm -hmm. I spent in God of War. And I think part of that was I had no desires to do like the Muspelheim bullshit of like go to these arenas and test your might against like waves of enemies. And I was like, no, fuck you. Like I don't, I never like that mechanic in video games. I never have any desires to go to arenas and like test my might and fight and fight the fighters and like practice your skills. I'm like, no, no, thank you. I'm good. Um, And so I think that part of the game never hit for me. And the part of the game that did is obviously these incredible stories about these relationships, which was so masterfully done on so many levels that I'm not going to go into. We've already talked about it. But what I want to highlight about why it was tough for me to choose between that and Horizon was because I wanted to spend more time in Horizon. I loved the combat. I loved the traversal in Mm -hmm. that game, which we didn't get in God of War, right? We got the same canoe and we're like paddling around. Right? And Mm -hmm. I love that in Horizon, we got so many more unique ways to go through that world, like the different machine mounts and the way that they felt as you rode them and how they actually had different gallops and different cadences. And then, of course, when flight was unlocked, being able to fly through the world or even just run through the world as Aloy was so unique. And then the different side quests that made me care about these characters and just... The animation team is so (laughs) underappreciated. Nobody is doing mocap facial animation for side characters the way that Gorilla is doing in that game. Like, they are, to me, are, like, the pinnacle of this is how good game animation in narrative cutscenes can look. Mm -hmm. And that made me invested in caring about these stories because normally, as a hero, you're sent on all these bullshit side quests. Like, oh, I'm sorry, am I trying to save the world? And I appreciate (laughs) in God of War that they're like, they gave you narrative reasons to slow down. And they called it out. And there was a lot of fourth wall breaking in that game that I appreciated because a lot of it was really like humorously done. But also, they made some real compelling reasons like Kratos wants to spend as much time as he can with Atreus because a father and son on planet Earth only have so much time together. You know, regardless of if like Ragnarok is coming, mm-hmm. like you only have so much time with the people you love in your life. And like, maybe we can put the big thing aside, be like, let's have a small moment. Yeah. And that message is impactful, I think, to all of us if we slow down and like process what that message is trying to tell us. But what I loved about Horizon is that they brought in these storylines that are so often overlooked. Like the particular ones that stood out to me was there was a soldier who was hiding a relationship with another soldier from his parents. That's a that's a same-sex relationship that he's worried about, like what are his parents going to think? And they like really masterfully kind of like, you know, made that fit into this gameplay world of Horizon. And then there's the story about this elderly parent who clearly has some kind of dementia and like how their how their, you know, son is like or their daughter is like trying to deal with it and like what do I do? And how do you talk to them about it when they don't recognize you sometimes? And mm-hmm. really big, impactful storylines that also translate to real world. Yeah. And I loved how they just made it feel natural in this weird sci-fi post-apocalyptic setting. And so it's hard for me to be like which game is better because I think they each did things really incredibly, but just in different ways. And they both had shortcomings to me in different ways, but they both were just such incredible games that I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to pick one. I won't put that pressure on you. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) I would say it's hard for me to pick as well. And it's simply because I didn't have one game that stood 
leagues above the rest mm. it's all they're all very close great mm. experiences so i didn't finish god of war ragnarok yet and if folks listen to the spoiler cast they know that but i am now playing through 2018 god of war and in fully intend on finishing it so i can't really comment on that one at the same level mm-hmm. um, because i haven't had a lot of those experiences yet personally same with elden ring I didn't get very far in that game. So I haven't seen Melina. <laughs> like I haven't gotten to the to the part where it really opened up for people because again, either I didn't have time or it was too hard. And I don't want to play a game that makes me feel like I'm bad at games. Sure. So my list of games that I've played to the point where I could comment on them as game of the year is a lot shorter. I wouldn't it, say it's shorter. It doesn't include a lot of the big games. You've played a lot of really cool games. I have. It's just a different list, which is yeah. amazing that video games has so many releases that you could play literally 25 up to like 100 games mm-hmm. that we didn't play just because there's <laughs> that many games that come out in any given year. So many. Absolutely. And I could give shout outs to something like Adesta, Memories Between. I yeah. could give a shout out to something like Cult of the Lamb. And like they're all phenomenal games. Cult of the Lamb, I think, was one of those games that got like woefully overlooked at the awards. And a lot yeah. of like game of the yes. year lists and awards. Yeah. Absolutely. It was so good though. And I've already talked about Vampire Survivors, but what surprised me when I really sat and thought about it, because I've been thinking about this for a couple weeks now is that my game of the year I didn't play, and it's The Quarry. Ah. I watched the playthrough of The Quarry. I watched Danny play through the entire game, backseat gamed a little bit here and there, (laughs) as the game is designed to do. Absolutely. And the thought behind making a a B, not B, like, like a 90s horror movie video game would absolutely never appeal to me. And I loved every moment of it. I love that, like like a lot of these games in the you know the Man of Medan sort of uh-huh. universe, you have many different paths, many yeah, different yeah the Dark outcomes, Pictures anthology, Dark Pictures yeah. anthology, like like Until Dawn was a really great moment for people to say like oh you could do that in a game and like have weird uncanny mouths on really good 3D capture mm-hmm. and yeah they did it again the teeth look great but <laughs> <laughs> shout out to teeth shout out to oh, good teeth, teeth are hard. They are hard, but the characters were incredibly compelling, super, super intriguing. They developed different personalities based on what you did in mm. the game. Some people's version of Ryan was way different from mine, and I love Ryan. Some people don't. And th- there's just so much writing in the game that you can discover. The replayability is almost infinite. You can have a, a game where everyone lives or everyone dies, and anything in between, you can never see the end, or you could see it almost immediately, depending on how you do it. Like It's so interesting to me when a game can have that many experiences all in one Mm. and you can go back and do it again and you can do it a third time and still never match your gameplay and and i just absolutely loved it i thought it was really well done the podcast that they made as a companion piece to the game is really good about that it's very interesting very funny yeah and obviously i'm a big fan of podcasts here (laughs) and i also love like the rapper like they improved on the, the Man of Medan Until Dawn format really well because they gave you save points, but in canon, you're using a videotape to rewind. So it makes sense. And oh. like if you messed up really, really bad, like just completely foobard. So how did you, you can guys go back. play? Did you play just one through one playthrough? One playthrough. Okay. And we almost got everybody through until I made the wrong call at the oh, very no. end. Alicia, it's it not your fault, right? It's not your fault. End. But but it, it's a, a 
maybe a little bit of a straightforward story once you look at it in reverse because you know a lot of horror is once you see the end already yeah. but it was still so compelling and so interesting the performances are really great mm-hmm. shout out to Brenda Song shout out to Ted Raimi like there is a lot of really great acting moments in it and I, I gotta say it's the one I think about the most out of all the games I played this year well there you go yeah oh, I need to play that one you would love it I know I would yeah. I'll do, I do love those games and it's good co-op too well, not co-op, like two people steer I know, the but ship. then like, I don't like the decision Jason makes. I'm like, why'd you do that? You know what I mean? Well, and yeah. the, the other yeah. thing I don't think a lot of people know about is that even if you're not a big person on video games and, you know, Twitch skills and puzzle mm-hmm. solving, you can play the game in a cinematic mode where you're literally just making the choices and see how it plays out. That's so good to know. It's it's just such an interesting experience. Because I remember there was a moment in Until Dawn that you had to set the controller down. Yeah. And, and walk away. Move. Yeah. And Steimer and I played the whole thing in one set sitting, but it vibrated and it like shook the controller. And then mm-hmm. it. I remember this story. It gave <laughs> us away and it was bad. The tragedy. Was bad. It the was tragedy. So, awful. so you can turn that stuff off then. Yeah. Okay. So so this mode of the, the game is, again, calling back to like the whole premise. It's a videotape, right? Yeah. Is you're literally just choosing things at the very beginning, sort of like the catch up mechanic in a lot of the Telltale games. Mm-hmm. And you literally just say, I want to do this, 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 and this, and watch it play out. Okay. And that's it. That's and it's cool. a different story every time. That's really cool. I'm thinking about Jason's mom. I think she would love something like that. Yeah. And okay. it is it's, it's scary, but it's like not too scary. It's scary like slasher scary. You see some gore, but it's yeah. it's, it's okay. more thriller. Yeah. Thriller. Okay. I would say more yeah. on the thriller side. It's not like Saw or See, anything. I want like no. little girls trying to like kill me. No, there's of mo- course mostly adults trying of to kill you. you <laughs> well, you know what? Something to think about for 2023. <laughs> That's going to do it for our What's Good Game Awards for 2022. Clearly some fantastic video games out this year. More to come in 2023, which we will talk about in next week's episode. To me in the future, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but I'm also jealous of you. So much. It's going to be a good year for Britney. It's going to be yeah. good. Oh, man. <laughs> I'll just be playing Fortnite the whole what year. What an amazing time, though, to be a gamer, okay. everybody. Okay, executive on the stage in your blazer and T-shirt. Hey, how dare you? Also, I'm going to wear a Mass Effect T-shirt underneath my blazer just to fuck with people. Anyway, it's time to say goodbye. We hope you guys have a wonderful holiday weekend with whatever reason you have to celebrate. Even if just, I have no holiday, it's just the weekend, bitch. I'm celebrating. Oh, celebrate a weekend. Do it. Absolutely. Do the damn thing. Take some time, maybe play a video game or two, and enjoy time with your friends and family, which is most important this time of year. We love y'all. We'll see you next week for our most anticipated episode. And until then, have a great time. Bye. Bye.